to this message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. There, but he, he uh, moved a fur- little bit further west where he's above the snow line, and uh, he called us last night, and he was trying to make it. He's always trying to make it happen. And uh, we said, you know what, we got it. We've got it. We've got it handled. We had already talked about the plan. And uh, so basically, we're going to do the same thing today that we were going to do. But uh, Pastor Ron will be watching online, and uh, we're going to be sharing some of the stuff that he uh, has asked us to share as well. But what we're going to talk today about is core values. Uh, One of the things that I have learned lately is it's not always about where you're going. It's about who you're becoming. And in order to become the person that God has called you to be, it takes intentional effort, right? It's not something that just happens. Um, what does my dad always say? Uh, you're either in, uh, let me get this right, you're either in recline or decline, right? Uh, wait, what's the other one? Incline, incline, okay, so the good one. So you're either in incline, recline, or decline. And so the idea is, is that when, when you're doing well, it takes work, you're, you're huffing it, you're, 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 you're walking uphill, right? And I, I know that, this is kind of a tough speech after one of the, two of the toughest years of our lives, but I know that you guys are in the same boat as I am and these guys that we want 2022 to be the best year ever. And, um, and that takes work, but you know what? That's what we've been doing. I told somebody the other day, I said, during COVID, I don't think I've worked so hard in my life. When, as soon as we found out that we were shut down, we said, no, we're not. We're going to figure out a way to do church. And we worked hard, almost, almost broke us, almost broke you. You're in the hospital. Um, I felt, yeah, I mean, we all got COVID. All got you know? COVID, all um, learned how to survive with online. But even though, uh, even though we felt like, you know, maybe it was one small step at a time, we were still moving forward. Yep. And what's cool about being a part of a church and being around uh, men like this is when it is hard, when it is a struggle, they help. They jump in. It, that's what's cool about uh, having your church brothers and sisters, your family, right? Is that they're there to help you. And so... In 2022, we're talking a lot about the vision of the church, um, and it comes down to values. It comes down to uh, what you see is important, because if you know your values, you'll be able to prioritize your time. How many of us have learned lately that we are limited on time? And how many of us know that we're also limited on energy, right? It's funny, because when you have the time, say you have a day off, you're exhausted, and you're like, I'm just going to rest, but that's what we're supposed to do. So I want to talk about core values. If we can get our values down as a church, um, we're going to know what our priorities are. We're going to know how to, what to do and what to not worry about, right? There's so many things in the day that we don't get to, yes. and those things you have to not worry about. Um, there's certain things you can control. So anyway, uh, I, I can keep uh, going on, but we have a lot to talk about with these guys. So let's pray, and uh, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to move. I think it's going to be different every service, so I'm excited. Father, we just come to you, Lord, and we just thank you for who you are. Really, God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, you're so good. You have been there for us every step of the way. 
Lord, you never leave us. You never fail us. You never forsake us. Just like you said to Joshua in the Old Testament, you would say to us, be strong and courageous. I will never leave you. And that's the reason. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that you would instill in all of us deep, deep values. And let us know, Lord, how to prioritize our time. Let us know how to prioritize our energy. And let us be effective, but let us also be full of joy and full of excitement this year. Lord, I pray that you'd bless 2022, and I pray that you would give us the, the tools we need to make, it, to, to make it the best year with you that we've ever had. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Pastor Tom, why don't you go ahead and start us off with Absolutely. the first value. Absolutely. You know, my first value is kind of sometimes misunderstood. When I first followed Christ, I got a verse, and guys, a verse I didn't give you, is in uh, Romans 8, 29, and it says we're supposed to be conformed into the image of Jesus. And that was what I set out to be. So a core value of mine is accountability. And the accountability isn't, you know, I am accountable to Pastor Josh and Hector and Ron and other people around me, Northwest, I know you guys are killing it over there. Thank you for doing that, Tommy and Deanna and Mike and all the crew over there. Um, but it's accountability to be conformed to the image of Jesus. I kind of get this, and if people follow me on social uh, media, um, I'm talking a lot about um, when I played a fictional he, uh, character called He-Man. I had to know everything about He-Man. Prince Adam wasn't uh, He-Man until he found the sword, and he um, had to say, I have the power, right, Josh? Yeah. But, but I'm just saying, I had to know that script backwards and forward because I got asked it by a lot of kids every, every week about the storyline. And, and so I had to know it backwards and forward. So when I came to Christ, I wanted to be accountable to Jesus and I wanted to be conformed to his character and I wanted that accountability. And so when I had that accountability, it gave me something easier to work with because as you, I see Jesus in the Bible, he put a high priority on choosing people to be around him. He chose people to be around him. And he didn't choose people that we all think about. He chose people that he wanted to influence for him because he had a plan for him. And I think that plan for him kind of confused them and a lot of other people at the time because they weren't the popular religious community. They were the truck drivers of the day. So, so when I think about being a, a, a conformed to Jesus, I like that company. I like to be around people who, who may not uh, fit the mold. I do have a verse that, that, that fits me into being conformed into Jesus and being accountable to that. It's in Romans 12, 16. It says, I always tried, and that word try means to have an understanding. Always try to agree, have an understanding, and be friends with each other. Do not be proud. Be friends with people who are not important. Do not think that you know everything, right? I mean, I, sometimes that wears me out when people come to me and they, they want me to know everything. And I tell them that if they spend more time in prayer, fellowship, and make their way to church, to be able to learn about Christ, that they're going to be better off. I don't know about you. I don't have to have all the answers, right? No one made me the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I tell these guys all the time, I'm a lousy Holy Spirit. My wife will tell you that. <laughs> First of all, anything. But as we get conformed to the image of Jesus, we start getting those people around us. It's okay to have a group of people that may not be like you. The other day, I uh, got to um, have Cynthia Zimmer, our DA, 
on with me with lunch break, uh, something that I'll talk about in a few minutes. Josh left me with. But it was great because John L. did an interview with me from the, with somebody before that. And Cynthia Zimmer, she's a DA, she walked up and she looked at John L. She goes, I know you. And he started to explain. She goes, oh, I know where I know you from. But she goes, this is my best moment of the day. To see that Jesus Christ, saving grace, saved you from where I met you, which was the court. And so John L. Ward is somebody that I love being around because I'm seeing him being conformed into the image of Jesus, and that's what I get to be part of. That makes sense? Accountability. And, and, and I want people to hold me if I'm not loving people more. See, it's simple. I, I, I don't see a hard thing here that as Jesus was around people, he talked about prayer. He talked about loving other people. He talked about helping them when some people didn't think it was the right time of day to help them or the right day of the week to help them. He still helped them. And it's not hard for any of us to smile at somebody, is it? You could practice that today when you go home. The, the crazy thing is, Josh Vietti taught me the years ago that people won't get mad at you for loving them too much. Jesus loved people and they don't get mad at you when you love them too much. I tested that out. And Josh was absolutely correct. Jesus loved people, and I want to be that guy. I want to be around people. I like to help people who can't pay me back. Do you guys have friends like that in your life? I have a friend like that in my life, and sometimes we used to compete with things. His name's John Haddad. This man blesses the socks off of me, and I can't even pay him back. I can't, and there's nothing I can do to pay him back. So that's my point, is be accountable to the fact that you need to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Pastor Tom, uh, you mentioned John L. It's funny, I had lunch with him uh, the other day, and um, he talked about his rec- he, he talked about his past. We were talking about both of our past, and um, and uh, he's had a record, yeah. right? He's been he's been it's part of his story. Um, but he was telling me that when he first started serving, that people were sending uh, my dad his his jail record, saying, "Watch out for this guy," <laughs> and. Um, Unfortunately, we are part of a church that understands the idea that Christ is always redeeming us. He's always making us new. And um, who we were yesterday, who we were in 2021, right, is not who we could be. In tw- like, we can be the best version of ourselves in 2022. And we believe in that. So, so uh, look, if, if you guys have a record out there, that's all right. Start serving. You know, if you guys uh, are, you see yourself as a person who's not, you know, healthy or right, Start serving before, what's that idea that, that you got to clean up and, and, and before you serve, uh, and we've always been against that idea. No, yeah. you serve and that's how you get cleaned up, right? Um, that's how you get your mindset. You throw your hat over the fence, so to speak, and then you got to go get it, right? So anyway, uh, great, great one. Uh, by the way, I want to say this about these men. Um, I know sometimes we get caught up with my dad being here, and my dad is, is an amazing leader. He's so good at what he does. But these men have built this church, really. I mean, with my dad, and um, they've, they've built it, too. Uh, Pastor Tom is one of the best uh, community people I've ever seen. Pastor Hector is one of the best counselors and, mm-hmm. just, and just a good pastor. Um, and these, these men have worked hard for years. How many years have you been here, Tom? 29. 29 years. 29 years. Serving here at this church. Yeah. Uh, how many years have you been here? More. More. <laughs> 30. 30. Okay, so he's got him by a year right there. So Hector they, reminds the elder me of, and the younger. And Hector then, reminds me of that, and then I see John Tweed back there. I have one week on John Tweed. Well, I've been serving. I have seniority on John I've Tweed. I've been serving since I was one, so I've got you both beat. Um, <laughs> just hey, how, how many of you guys were here Christmas Eve? I, I was blessed. I was completely, I'm still high because he called me his deal. <laughs> 
And I think some of my brothers, these guys, are, they're Mexicans trapped in white man's bodies. You're trapped, bro. You know what? The only thing I don't have um, that, that, you, that you all have, I've noticed, is the, the stomach uh, for the hot sauce. Uh, yeah. That's, I have a white stomach. <laughs> but I, was so, I was so blessed, you know, and I, my core value is, is having a forgiving heart. Mm. And we opened up gifts on, on uh, Friday. And we receive gifts from God, but what about a gift? What about a gift to God? What about a gift that's costly? What about forgiving someone mm. who's done you wrong? You know, that's costly. That's, that's, that's take something out of us. On the cross, as Jesus was on the cross being executed, he said, it's in Luke 23, and in, in, in Zodiac's Bible, it's a great tool. Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. For they, it looked like when they knew what they were doing. It, to me, it did. And it's the imperfect tense, indictive mood, and it refers to a continuous or repeated action done in, in past time. In other words, he just didn't say it once. Jesus continued to say it. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. And that kind of tells us how we are to be when people trespass against us when they injure us, when they hurt us, because it happens, correct? Mm. <laughs> Nobody's immune from that. We all get hurt. And that popped out at me. And, and it, it tells me how we, how we are to deal with people. When I, when I got sick with the COVID and I was at San Joaquin Hospital, that's one thing, you know, a, a, a chaplain came and prayed for me and I started weeping. And I hadn't wept in a long time. And I kind of shut down my emotions because of unforgiveness. I had unforgiveness toward a family member. And, and I just, and I was standing up for another family member. But he said, you need to forgive him. And the way God came at me was real gentle, real nice. He says, you got to let him go. And then it prepared me because there at the hospital, I did that. I said, God, I forgive. I forgive him, Lord. And then I saw him about a year later and, and all the junk was gone. As soon as I saw that person, all the junk was gone, and I just went and we hugged each other. So, so Paul and Barnabas, there's a really good story there, and it's an act, and I love the fact that Luke put that in there. He could have left it out, but these guys had a sharp, they almost came to blows. They got ticked at each other. They got mad at each other. And the, the, the issue was John Mark. John Mark had flaked on him. He had, he had uh, defected, and... Barnabas had a soft heart. He says, let's give him a second chance. What did Paul say? Uh-uh. Nah, man, this guy's a flake. Uh-uh. I'm not using him. And, but but uh, Barnabas kept pressing. And I, almost, I think they almost came to blows because they separated. Yeah, they almost came to blows. Has that ever happened? <laughs> uh, backstage all the time, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and they did separate. And, and remember, Barnabas was the bridge. Because when Paul got saved, man, nobody, nobody trusted him. Everybody was, the church was afraid of him. Barnabas is the one that was the bridge. He said, he vouched for him. He said, this guy, yeah, he's, he's good, man. Yeah, I know he persecuted the church, but there's a, dip, there's a change in his life. You know? And then he's trying to do the same thing for John Mark. He's vouching for him. And it got him in hot water. He had a soft heart. You know, Paul was missionary-minded. And he said, no. And then later on, you read in Timothy where Paul was reconciled. Paul forgave Timothy. 
you know. I don't know what happened between him and Barnabas, but he forgave me. He said, he's useful to me. Bring him. He, you know, he gave him a second chance. And today we're going to do communion, and we're going to talk about forgiveness. That's real key. It's really important because, you know what, if you don't forgive, you know, my heart had become, started becoming hardened. I'm no good to you guys if I have a hardened heart, <laughs> right? I'm no good to you guys. So I had to, like, go to God and say, man, who am I? <laughs> who am I to harbor this unforgiveness? Who am I since he's forgiven me for so much? It's so cool, Hector, because um, I had this experience four weeks ago. I was going to an event, and I, there's, something has happened and came between a guy and I. And I was walking up to this event, and my wife, uh, I noticed this person getting out of the car. So he was like 10 steps behind me. My wife goes, you know he's behind us. I go, I know that. She goes, are you going to continue to do this? And I was like, oh. So I had about 35 seconds to figure out. And the only thing I thought about was God says to forgive. <laughs> and I got up there and I turned around, shook his hand, said, hey, I'm so, you know. And it was, and it was a weight lifted off me. It was, it was amazing. It was more me than probably him. But I just had to do it. And it happened within a course of a minute. I, I think that um, when God created Adam, he said, it's going to be just me and him. This is going to be good. <laughs> And he kept saying Adam, and he couldn't get his attention. Adam, hey Adam, and he's just doing his thing, you know, he's off work and he's messing with the bush, whatever he's doing, right? And then finally he's like, I need to create like a, like a, like a something to get his attention, right? That's when he created a wife. <laughs> yes, that's true. Right? Yes, oh, that's I when agree. he created a wife. How many of you guys have, have ever gotten, a, uh, you know, you, you get your wife's attention and it's, uh, it's good. It, it doesn't is. feel good it at is. first. My wife's like, it feels like you're getting off. reamed, but it's good. Yes, it is. It's right? I, like I have a little disclaimer, and I always throw this out there. It, it, if you've been abused and something's happened in your past, it may, forgiveness may not always mean getting back together yeah. no. or reconciliation or getting back in that relationship. But for the most part, that's what God wants. You know, God it, does want reconciliation. I love the fact that you said this today as a core value because how many people are stuck? They're stuck where yeah. they are because they haven't forgiven. Yeah. It's a, it says in Matthew uh, chapter 6, I pulled this up because I know you're referring to this verse, but I want to read it. Um, it's the, the Lord's Prayer, right? Pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, how thy be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day uh, our daily bread. And I'm, 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 I'm getting to that quickly. I want you guys to go back and read that. Uh, but verse 12 says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Yes. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, right? Deliver us from evil. And he says, it says in verse 14, for if you forgive men for their transgressions, your heavenly father will yeah. also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. How many, how many times do we need to forgive? And it's for us. Yes. It's and, for us. And, and, you know, and this is a hard thing because as I you know, made a decision to forgive, I got, had to be around this person uh, two more times and he introduced me at another event. So I was thinking, it doesn't matter about him. The Bible says as far as it be with you, be at peace with all men. Doesn't mean they're gonna, you, you've got to wait for them because that may not ever, ever, ever happen. And it, it, unforgiveness is the only prison that you have the key to get out of the cell in. You have, you have, you have the ability to let yourself out. So I have a tendency to get off track and not just when I'm speaking, just in life in general. Uh, <laughs> I do, I, I'm constant. It's, 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 a, it's a struggle for me to stay focused. And um, I have learned to value my calling. Um, 
so much. And, and, and so my first value is actually spiritual gifts, but mm. it, it has to do with your calling. See, all of us, we're all called to be here today. We're all called to, to serve God. And God gives us special gifts to do that. And so many of us don't know what that is, right? We've been fortunate enough to, get, to be in the church. We've learned what ours are. But so many people that come to church don't even know what their spiritual gifts are. And if they knew, then they would learn to live a life beyond themselves. Because what happens is, is you have these talents, you have these abilities, you have these passions, but the spiritual gift is something that's beyond you. When I started uh, speaking and teaching, I realized quickly that this was something God and I were doing together. And when I would speak, God would take over and he would do his thing. And it was only through obedience and listening to God and listening to the Holy Spirit that I learned that. You can take a test to learn your spiritual gifts. You can uh, read a book. You can, uh, you can you do whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, you'll learn your spiritual gift by, by, by these two things. Prayer, listen, three things. Prayer, talking to God, getting yourself out of the way, right? The second thing is listening mm -hmm. to him, which is uh, how Hard. many of us get on the phone, uh. talk to God, and then we hang up. We hang up, we go, with our, we go about our lives, but, but it's so important for us to pray and then listen. And then the third thing, which, is, which ties it all together, is you have to obey. It's that simple. It's that simple. So you wanna learn your values, do, do those three things. And, and for those of you that forget your prayers, like I do, I forget my prayers. I write them down. Yes. I journal them. Some of the men out there are like, I ain't got no diary, right? <laughs> but it's okay to journal, men. It's okay to journal in 2022. You got to do it. These men have taught me this. Mm -hmm. like, what do we do? We get together and we talk about the Bible and we, we write, write it, it down, down. right? Yep. Because how are we going to remember and even know if God is answering our prayers if we can't remember them? Yep. I mean, we, we, we always pray these generic prayers. God, help me today. Yep. God's like, I've been helping you all the, every single day, right? But how many times do we pray a specific prayer? Lord, Right now, move on my wife's heart, um, and I, we need to talk about this thing tonight specifically. I, you know, give us, give me the right timing. Yeah, and then he will. You look for yeah. it, right? It happens. And Josh, you have to be specific. Right. You've taught me that. Your dad has taught me that. It will keep you on track. Yeah, it will. It will. So, so let me finish this real fast, uh, and then uh, we're we're going kind of slow today, but that's okay. We're good. We're good. We uh, we'll get through them, or we won't. Yep. And if we don't. We got the whole year, 2022, to talk about this stuff. So, um, so this, the two things that I want you guys to remember when it comes to spiritual gifts, and I think I'm going to do a whole series on this. I love that. Uh, starting next week, third service. I, listen, you guys are first service people. Sleep in a little. Come to third. It's fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just come, go to first, go to breakfast, and then come back and go to third, right? There you go. Um, I'll, I'll serve you breakfast. Pastor Hector will have eggs and bacon. Um, he said chorizo. We have done this at Northwest. He said chorizo. That's the other white things. I can't, I can't speak very well the language. So anyways, these two things, okay? Very important. Very important when it comes to spiritual gifts. Two words that I want you to remember. The first word is irrevocable. Irrevocable. Okay? Irrevocable. Romans 11.29 says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. That means that he's not going to take it away. That's what it means. So some of you guys think it's too late to use your gifts, but it's not too late. Never. Because he gave you the gift knowing that you would use it, right? The second word that I want you to remember when it comes to spiritual gifts is unaware. Unaware. 
1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. That means that so many people just don't even know. Don't even know. And how often do we prioritize our spiritual gifts? I, I believe that our gifting and our calling with God was designed to keep us on track. For me, it's the only thing that keeps me on track. It really is. I stopped speaking and I stopped practicing my gifts for a few years. I went way off course. Mentally, spiritually, nothing was working out. And so that's why uh, spiritual gifts is one of my core values. I agree. Well, and it runs into um, my next, and then there again, I don't want mine to be confusing, but I agree with Josh, what Josh says. My next one is persistence. That's one thing that I've always been able to do is be persistent once I know I'm on the track of something. Now, I had two professions before I came into the ministry. Those professions required my, my physique and then my IQ, which isn't a lot, but I understood how I, I, to do something in MIS. But in Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not lose heart in doing good. That's one thing that I think Paul wanted us to know is sometimes doing the right thing, you can get tired of it, right? I know when I was praying for my mom and dad and my brother, I mean, I saw my brother come to the Lord, my mom come to the Lord a couple of years later, my dad was nine years, but I knew it was the right thing. Sometimes I'd go, it's never going to work. He's a hard-headed, you know, I mean, a truck driver. So, so, so the persistence when it says, don't give up in what's doing good. Go ahead, you can put it back up. It says, because for in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. Persistence is something that, man, if, if you've been there before and you're praying for a child or a loved one or something, sometimes it can seem like it's wearing you out. The key is you just don't give up. Can I, can I stop here and ask you guys both a question uh -huh. about growing weary? Yeah. How do you keep from, I mean, I know you guys get, you guys get tired. Oh, yeah. But how do, you, how, do you, how do you get yourself back in the game? How do you fill your cup? Every day, Josh, and, I, and I'm, not a, I'm not a, one of the things, I'm a real simple guy. I always start the same way. I get up in the morning, confess my sins, pray, say, God, I'm ready today for whatever. This is my agenda, and I want God to be used by you. And that's the thing that keeps me from being worried. You know, what, what do they say? A peace, you know, expectation equals peace. Yeah. You know, I think you and I have talked about that a lot. My expectation is I'm just going to be used today. I don't, if I have a plan or an agenda, if God wipes that out and does something else, I'm ready for it. You know, you, you know what I do? Um, I, I ride my bike. <laughs> That's what I do. And it unclutters me. Yeah. It unclutters my mind. It, it refreshes me. It's a physical thing. Yeah, I go out there and sweat and I'm outside. But it's also a spiritual yeah. thing. You know, where God helps me just kind of like empty out my, my mind. I'm out there praying. I'm out there by Hart Park. You know, different routes. And that has helped me kind of maintain... Because I, I, a physical not, aspect. Huh? A physical aspect. Yeah, physical, a physical part, but it's, it's also spiritual. Mm -hmm. Because you don't, I don't ever get tired uh, of the work or of the people. You get tired in it. And that's a difference. You get kind of tired in it. You get kind of fatigued in it, but not tired of it. I don't know what the average um, pastor's uh, tenure is. I don't know how long they last but I have a feeling you guys have lasted quite a bit longer than most. And so 
um, that's a big deal. It is. It really is. And so I've seen these men. Um, I've seen these men uh, tired. I have. But then they'll show up the next day or the next couple of days and they're revived. And so something happens. And I, I also believe that God anoints you when you're doing what he's called you to do. Yep. Right? When I you're agree. Living, when, you're, when you're walking in uh, the spirit and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right? Well, you, you help me a lot. And you, you help, help me, me a lot too, Josh. And my wife helped me a lot. Tony, I go help. Because you have to have somebody to, to bounce it off of. Bounce the stuff off of. You can't internalize it. Can't hold on to it. And you guys help me. You you, know, we talk about it. You know, and I, I think too, Josh, there's a key in that verse is you, uh, you got to continue to do the things that are good and you won't get tired. You do the wrong things, you're going to wear out. You will. But my, if you do the my, right My thing, next one is faithfulness. <laughs> it's faithfulness. Be, you know, being faithful. Uh, we talked about that on Christmas Eve. I talked about the faithfulness of, of my pops. I pass that on to me and, and that legacy. And another word for that is consistency, being consistent. Like what these guys just said, just show up, just keep showing up. You know, you know, Jesus said that you're going to be kind of examined the gifts of the talents and the mina, not by what you're given, but what, what you do with what you're given. What do you do with your gifts? What did you do with your opportunities? What did you do? I look at David. David was a great example of faithfulness. King David, as a boy, he was crowned king, you know, by, he was anointed by Samuel. And what did he do? Did he go to the palace immediately? Did he get big-headed? You know, hey, Saul, I'm going to be the king. Next ki-. No, he went right back to the sheep, taking care of the sheep, yeah. taking care of Jesse's sheep, his dad's sheep. And, he, and he, what he was doing, though, when he was out there, as a shepherd, God was preparing him for the kingdom, to be a king. And what did, uh, what did Jesus say to Peter? He said, do you love me? Yes. Then what? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. What's it do? And that dude was out in the, he was, he was in obscurity. He was remote. He was in solitude. It was a little monotonous over and over and over. But he was faithful. Faithful. And then he killed Goliath. Saul drafted him into his army. And he remained faithful. He remained faithful to that tyrant. Saul was demonized. He remained faithful to him. And even when he stalked him and tried to kill him, got jealous of him, David wouldn't lift a finger. He respected him. And sometimes, you know, in your ministries, in, in your life, you'll, you'll go into a lull. You, you go into like a little bit of dead spot. And it happened to us. It happened to me during the, the pandemic. And like I said, we, we ride with a group of guys. And it all stopped. Okay. And the fellowship stopped. The riding on Tuesday nights, it's a, it's a bike ride. And, and then I, cr- I started to back up. I started feeling better. After I, I, was, I was sick, I started feeling better, started riding again. And then this one guy was riding with us, and he had some heart attacks while he was riding with us, my buddy. And we didn't know it. That's from hindsight. And then the next day, he has this major heart attack. And I go to the hospital, and I'm normally not this aggressive. But I ask him, hey, why are you still here? Why are you still here, man? He goes, I don't know. Tell me. I go, God didn't want you slipping away into eternity without him in your heart. Would you like him in your heart? Do you want him in your heart? And the guy goes, yeah. And I wasn't prepared for that. I go, what? <laughs> Most of the time people say, no, nah, not today. Later. Let me think about it. Right? I was like, you're walking away. You're like, oh, wait. wait. Okay. Pray. <laughs> So that, that was pleasantly surprised. You're used to the nose. I don't want to Yeah, talk we're about used to the that. nose. But I was so 
and I cried when I left that hospital. I cried. You know what's funny is I lately, I don't know what it is. I feel like people have been so much more receptive to to talking about God. Yes. Um, I've been in some environments that weren't, uh, they're not church, and um, and people open up. They want to talk to you. It's pretty crazy. You, you know what it is too, Hector and Josh. If you think about this, I think think about David a lot, and I also think about um, Joseph. They both were faithful to God. Not even the men that were over them, even though that was their accountability or submission, but they were all, what, what did Joseph say? He goes, when he talked to Potiphar's uh, um, wife, he goes, how can I be unfaithful to God? So, so if you understand your faithfulness is in like what Josh says, your calling that's given to you from God. You know, people will try to put you in a lot of boxes. And that's why around here and Josh and Hector know me, uh, I I know where my, my strength is with my gift. Now, God will use me other places like up here with Josh and Hector today, but my strength lies in relationships. That's where my strength lies, and I know that's something that God called me to. So I, I, I won't grow weary, and I'll be able to continue on even if things don't seem right just because I know God's called me and I'm faithful to Him. Well, what I wanted, to, just one more thing, uh, because if you're faithful, you just remain faithful, kind of maintain that faithfulness, then you'll get fruit. Yes. You'll be fruitful. And that was fruit for me because he's coming to my Bible study. And then he told my wife something the other day. He said, you know, I really appreciate Hector because he doesn't, didn't push it on me. I guess he had a bad experience. You know, he didn't push it on me. He didn't push the Lord on me. You know, be yourself. That's, that's me. I'm really laid back. You know, I'm not going to say very much. And the verse I had was in 2 Corinthians 5, and it's about the Bema. And it's a cool, for we must all appear before the judgment seat. That's the oh, Bema seat. That's the Christian judgment where we will be examined. So that each one may be recompensed for its deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good. And in the, the word for bad there in the Greek is, is not, it's mediocre. It's, it's not sin. Our sins won't be brought up. Our sins are taken care of by the blood of Jesus. But bad, good or mediocre or average. And like I said on, on Friday, I, when I stand before God, we're going to send some steps, give a speech. I want gold. You know, I want him to say, well, you, you did okay, Hector. Because you know what I want? I want, him to, I want him to get up like a king. He's going to sit there like a king. I want him to get up and give me that hug. You know, that affirmation. Say, you did good. I'll be your butler in your house. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably where yeah. I'll be. I don't want to stand behind you, Hector. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Happily, I'm going to yeah. be the happiest butler you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> you ever wonder, you're like, I'm going to get to heaven. I'm going to have to sit in that, that, area, that area over there for the people that have to, have to sit there. You know, they're punished. Um, I, I have a mouth. I say things I shouldn't say. It's a, but not in 2022. We're changing, right? So core values. Let me go through these again. In case you guys want to list them, you can. Uh, but really, the, the idea is that we want you to pray about it and to yeah. find your core values. Write them down, tattoo them on your hand, whatever you're into, uh, figure it out. This year, it's gonna be different. I think what's funny is we talked about core values, but what, what, what's the whole theme here? It's about getting involved. It's it about is. getting involved in, not in VBF necessarily, mm -hmm. it's about getting involved with God, right? Jesus at the end, after he died and rose again, he gave us what? The great commission, yes. the great co-mission, right? Like we're with him. And if we're with him, nothing can stop us. And 
um, I'm thinking I'm preaching to myself. I'm like, yeah, that's right, Josh. You're right. You can do this. But isn't that how it works? Yeah, I know. I it's, mean, it's funny. I'm telling you, that's why, that's why Josh says, how do you not grow weary? I just start out in the morning and I just get it out. Lord, I'm sorry, man, if I blew it, but I'm ready today and let's go. Show me where I'm going. I mean, so, so let me list these. Yeah. Pastor Tom uh, had accountability and persistence. <laughs> Pastor Hector had faithfulness and forgiveness. And uh, I have spiritual gifts, and my second is service. And um, when I think about service, there's two things, right? Uh, we think about service. We think about going out and doing the serving in September or the mobilizing in March where we go out and help the community. And that's great. All that stuff's wonderful. But service is just like Pastor Tom was talking about with Joseph and Pastor Hector was talking about with David. It's, it's, it's doing something for the Lord, Right? How many of you guys are in the service-based industry? You're, you're in the service-based industry. When you, when you offer a service and you, and you come through on that service, you get compensated. You get paid, right? Well, you don't get paid necessarily for service that you do for God, but he's giving you heavenly rewards and he's giving you blessings, but he's also enabling you to be part of the team. One of the saddest things I see, one of the saddest things I've, I see, and this always bothers me, is when I'm watching a football game, like an NFL game, and there's a guy with a really clean uniform on, sitting kind of, kind of hunched over on a bench with his helmet on. Always has his helmet on. I don't know why. He's a believer. He believes he's going to get in the game. But he never gets in the game, okay? Now, this guy makes way more money than I do. You know, he's probably got a really good life. But it's so sad. He's got the uniform on. He's ready to go, but he's stuck on the sidelines. What's crazy is we have the opportunity to walk out on the field whenever we want. We don't have to wait to be called on to be put in the game. You stand up and you walk out there and you start playing and you start getting dirty. And that's when, that's when things start happening, you know? Um, and so when talking about service, um, the difference between service for people and only people, because we can get caught up in that, right? We can get caught up in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up to church. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to uh, focus on what, you know, I need to focus on for the people. We get so caught up and we start doing it for the people. And that's where things get confusing because people will let you down. You never do it for the people. You do it for God. There are people, if we we walk out to uh, the children's area right now, there are people that have been out there for years. It's like, I I saw somebody the other day that I remember from childhood, and I I, I feel like they live back there, you know? Like, they they never stop serving. So Christ-led service, again, I'm going to reiterate this. If you want to serve God, you want to find your gifts, you want to find your core values, you pray, okay? You, what do you do? You listen and you obey. I know this is like kindergarten, but how many of us need to go back to kindergarten sometimes oh. and remember, right? Pray, listen, obey. Pray, listen, obey. Pray, listen, obey. It's easy to say. It's easy to agree with. It's a challenge to it do, is. right? It is. It really is. Especially when you may hear something that you don't want to obey in. Which is common. It, well, it's pretty much all right? the time. All the time, it? yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, God, God says he moves us from glory to glory. It doesn't mean he moves us from someplace bad to better. It's just something that's good to glory. Or, or it scares you. It does. It intimidates you. Yes. Oh, I can't do that. But, but, but isn't this the thing too? And I will say this over and over again. Uh, Pastor John Tweed has it uh, on his office back there. If the ministry God has given you doesn't scare you a little bit, Maybe it's not from him, because that means you can do it in your own ability. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. 
we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Well, isn't that, isn't that kind of a theme? That's kind of how we do things. We have, we have uh, staff meetings every week. We have yeah. board meetings. We have lots of meetings. And what we end up talking about is, is what's next. Yes. What, what can we, uh, you know, give ourselves to that's bigger than us? What can we, uh, uh, devote ourselves to that's going to be very difficult. It's going to be beyond us because that's when you see God move yep. is when you do that. And so a lot of you, you know, you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't know what to do. Um, do something, yeah. do something, just get in the game. Uh, if you, if you walk out on the field and you're, uh, 365 pounds, and you're trying to play wide receiver, that might not work out. Right. But they need you on the line. Right. So, yep. so we have different gifts and you'll find out what your gift is sometimes by doing the wrong thing too. Uh, trial and error, right? Um, it, it is, it's a practice. It's it a is. practice. It is. I love when Josh talked about 2023, you want it to be different. My wife and I will go to the Lord and we always pray second Chronicles Jabez, prayer of Jabez. Mm. Lord, expand our tent pegs, which means give us more. But don't let it hurt us. <laughs> Jabez threw that in. But, but if you want more, just go to the Lord. He's always faithful to give you more, but that means you might have to let go of something that you've had. And, and going into the new year, I, I, my wife and I have always done that. And it's, it's just something that you have to have that guts. That's what I love about Christianity. It's the most optimistic book in the world is right here. It always gives you hope. God never gives you too much, but it sure feels like it sometimes, well, right? Well, I hope you guys are listening to these men because this is a master class in, in ministry. It really is, honestly. Um, don't, don't underestimate that. You guys have done it day in, day out. And you guys have dealt with a lot of, um, can I say crap on, on here? I don't know, but you guys have. You said it. <laughs> it's better than other words. I mean, I, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. You guys tell me, all right. It's like. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, we're going to do communion, all right? <laughs> I love that. Pastor Hector, tell us about communion. Hey, uh, John, can you bring me up the elements? Do you guys have the juice in the, John, or, okay, good, yeah. And it's the, the verse is in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11, the verse is uh, 11, and Paul wrote this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, and the night he was betrayed. Why did he put that in there? We're going to be betrayed. Thank you, Riley. Thank you, Riley. It's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. You're going to be, somebody's going to deal with you treacherously. Took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup. After supper, saying, the cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself. And that's what we're doing today. Look at yourself. You know, spend a little bit, little bit of time here and confess. I mean, confess your stuff to God. You know, I grew up in a church where you had to go to a person. And you guys got direct access. You don't need a mediator. Jesus is a mediator. And be real with him. That's what I've done in my prayer. I'm real. I tell him straight out. If I've done something wrong, I tell him straight out. I don't try and, you know, I just don't give him the, the misdemeanors. I'll tell him the felonies. And then it says, uh, eat to the bread and drink of the cup. For whoever eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself. He does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. Mm 
And it's a euphemism. Sleep is a euphemism for death. So he says, if you take it right, you'll get strong, strength, you'll get healed, you juxtapose that to sick, and you'll be alive, get life. So, what do you want to do? You want to pray? Lord, we, we want to thank you for your blood, Lord. We thank you for dying for us, God. And I want you to look. We, we allow you to look into our hearts. Examine us and see if there's anything in there, any, anything between you and us, or even for unforgiveness toward another. You show us that, Lord, because we don't want to be stuck. We don't want to be bitter. And this is a time where we, we do confess our stuff to you, Lord. And it's really important that we be real and transparent with you. And we also come, Lord, and, and we want you to examine us, God. Examine whether we are, have been faithful, whether we have been accountable, whether we, we are listening to you, or it's just a one-way thing, one-way conversation. Because we want that. We want a relationship with you. So if there's anything between you and us, God, you show us and let us take care of business today. Thank you for the blood the, and, the, and your body that you gave for us. We appreciate you very much, Lord Jesus. And uh, we're, John, or guys, let's keep that music going. And uh, you take as much time as you need this morning with the Lord. And then just go ahead and dismiss yourself when you're ready. For listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org. Here is our King.